What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you in just a moment. But before that, you know what time it is. Time for a word for our sponsors. Those fine folks that bring you this asshole, this podcast, every fucking week. First and foremost, we were brought to you by the video versions of And Now We Drink. The video versions are available on Vimeo, on demand, for 99 cents an episode, or $6.99 a month gets you all 61 episodes that are currently available unlimited streaming. Added bonus of the video episodes? No ads. You get right into the action. Full HD. Some of them have some nudity. There's far less editing on the video versions. And some things just have to be experienced with your eyes, not just your ears. So check them out today at www.anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. It's 2.30 in the morning. I almost forgot the URL. Uh, Because time doesn't matter anymore, guys. Time time doesn't matter. Yeah, it's 2.30 in the morning. Don't matter. It's not even close to my bedtime yet. Don't matter. We are also brought to you this week by, once again, another one of my projects. I have been streaming on Twitch. I've been building the stream. And we're doing all sorts of stuff throughout the week. So come check out the stream. Play some games with me and my friends. Bullshit with us in chat. And do me a huge, huge solid. If you have Amazon Prime, sign up for your free Twitch Prime account, which gives you one free subscription month, and do me a really big solid. Throw me that sub. Costs you nothing but about five minutes of your time. And it makes me a little money. It's really that simple. I appreciate the hell out of you for it. So check out the Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Slayer. Once again, that is twitch.tv slash Slayer. Links are in the show description as well. We are also brought to you by one of our old school sponsors of the show, our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please as features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and come packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. Vital Me Please has been with the show a long time, and there's a reason for it. I believe in this product. Rad vinyl with features you can't get anywhere else. On top of it, Vital Me Please is not like record of the month clubs of old. They're month to month, no strings attached. Cancel anytime. So check them out today. Get some awesome vinyl at www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www. JoinVMP.com slash ANWD. My guest this week, adult performer Spencer Bradley. Spencer's a newer performer. Honestly, I love that you're listening to this right now. You are missing out by not watching the video version of this episode. Throughout the course of the show, she is very expressive. And there's a lot of like very entertaining nonverbal things that happen throughout the show. Not to say the audio that you're listening to right now isn't pretty awesome. It's just something that should be experienced in full video. Just my humble opinion. I'm not just trying to sell video episodes. I swear to you. But Spencer and I talk about everything from the current Black Lives Matter movement, graphic novels, oh, to psychedelic drugs, and all over the place. We're just all over the place. You know, typical and now we drink fashion. Once we're allowed to be in social contact with people again, of course, Spencer will be in studio to do a real, real deal in-studio show. So in the meantime, sit back, relax, pop a cold one, 
and enjoy drinking buddies. Bradley, how the fuck are you? I'm doing pretty damn well. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. I just have uh, protesters like right outside my apartment. It's good times. Oh, you got the live news right uh, outside your window. Yeah, yeah. No, all the Hollywood protests are blocks away from my apartment. Huh. Well, you're sitting in history, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's exciting. It's a it's a little exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I part of me wants to be out there and actually, you know, in the thick of it. And part of me is like, uh, I'm a little old and I really don't want to be arrested. Yeah, I really, yeah they're uh, really picking people off and arresting them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big decision to go or not, you know, because I've been seeing a lot of footage of uh, the cops being the aggressors and. Yeah, it's a big decision to decide to go out there and protest. I definitely wouldn't do it alone. I asked some people to go out with me. No one was really going and totally respects, you know, the decision. There's other ways to support and everything. Um, but yeah, um, lots of stuff going on, that's for sure. But uh, I heard some good news a few hours ago. Apparently, Minnesota is filing a civil rights case against the police department there for the George Floyd case. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that as well. Uh, for the audience, because this will air way after the fact, this is being recorded on June 2nd. The world is a, a crazy place compared to where it was even a week ago. Even a week ago, that's right, yeah. Uh, this may be, not be as topical by the time this airs. We'll see. But we are talking about the civil rights protests that are happening all around the country in response to the murder of George Floyd and other police brutality cases from all around the goddamn country. Mm-hmm. We're witnessing a revolution, that's for sure. Uh, it's overdue, so I really, really, really hope we get to see. And I, it's looking like it. I think the people are going to come out of this, the victors. I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping that we see real, real fucking change out of this instead of just, there you go, yeah, whatever it takes to placate you in the moment, and then going right back to business as usual. Yes, yes. Um, I hope the intensity I've seen online is really what's been going on in person. I think it is. I just haven't been at the protests myself. You know, I've been staying safe, you know, I live alone and not that I think anyone's going to come over here. I just, I'm as a single person, I'm not going to go out there alone. Um, right. Wrong with that. No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Cause if something were to happen, no one's going to be looking like we're Spencer. We're, we're, and there's already, um, there's a few young black men that the cops have taken off. There's photos of them taking these kids off, and they're saying they're not at the police department and no one can find them. Oh, that's so crazy. It's really, it's crazy. Um, I really hope we figure out all of that, too. The police department in general needs a reform. Um, what I learned was, like, I didn't know this, really, that police departments didn't even exist until after slavery ended. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Yep, it was uh, basically a whites against blacks thing. So it was inherently racist from the start. But who did law enforcement in like urban areas? I know out west there were you know marshals and sheriffs and all that shit. But who like who handled law enforcement in you know the major cities like New York and Chicago and Boston in those days? I wonder. Yeah, I have no idea about the evolution of it, and you'd have to talk to someone way more educated than me. I'm just the cliff notes. <laughs> this is why we have Google. We can find it. <laughs> but it's nice to talk to you. It's my first time meeting you. Hello. Hello. I know we follow each other on the socials. And I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry to kick this off on a like, somber note, but it was like one of those things where like, what the, what's going on in the world? I didn't feel it was right to just outright ignore it. Oh, it wouldn't have been right to outright ignore it at all. No, that's been one of the big issues of this is white people being too silent <laughs> it's appropriate right now to start off on a somber note yeah and now let's get into the fun stuff yeah. hopefully hopefully before the world went absolutely just currently crazy yeah. what, what have you been doing with yourself well how have you been spending your quarantine so with my quarantine and everything i got really excited about doing my own thing on only fans and stuff so I've been learning how to market that and do content with that. And I've had a lot of fun interacting with my fans, um, learning about them, just talking with them, joking with them, doing live shows and just getting to be me and dance around and be silly and have no fear because these people are here for me and they like actually like me even when I feel like a big dork and it feels really fucking cool. So I've just been working on my online work and enjoying it. Nice. Nice. And I'm sure they appreciate it more when you're being a big dork. <laughs> You'd have to ask them. <laughs> All right, Twitter, get at us. Let me know. Do you appreciate it more when Spencer's a big dork? <laughs> also, I Googled it real quick. The first police department was in. Ah, I can talk. I'm a talk show host who can talk. Let me drink a little. The first police department was established in NYC in 1844, so that's pre-Civil War. Huh. And then we have other cities still follow suit. New Orleans and Cincinnati in 1852. Boston and Philadelphia in 1854. Chicago and Milwaukee in 1855, which is all pre-Civil War. And so maybe, all like maybe it's all Southern police departments? Because those are all Northern cities. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's still... <laughs> You figure the country's been around since the late 1700s, that there weren't police departments till 70 years after the country was established? That's still crazy. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I wonder uh, what was the first thing that happened where people were like, we might want someone <laughs> watching our backs. And then uh, look how that, <laughs> look what that turned into. Oops. Well, as the old adage goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. They they do have, oh my God, you can see it in the videos. They they know they have power. Like, they know they can get away with it. Like, it's just, it's crazy to witness. It is. I mean, the fact that George Floyd was murdered mm -hmm. in broad daylight and the officer who was perpetrating the murder was about as casual as... Uh, I don't even know, like, he was just, like, no, so nonchalant about it. He's just like, yeah, murdering a dude. What's up? Got my hands in my pockets. I know you're filming me. It's okay. I wouldn't even be that nonchalant if someone was filming me on the street doing nothing. Right. Like, if someone whipped out a cell phone camera and just started filming me, 
I'd be like, whoa, 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 why are you filming me? Like, not just chilling. So yeah, far. haunting images. It is. Sorry, didn't mean to get back on this. <laughs> no, like it's it's an appropriate uh, topic right now because we're trying to get people more aware of injustices. Definitely. And people need to, it needs a single signal boost. And normally I avoid this shit. Like I avoid talking about it because it's, it's unpleasant and I'm trying to have a fun show. I'm trying to have, you know, a place where people can be distracted and have some laughs and not talk about, you know, the tragedies of the fucking world, but it's what's going on in the world. I mean, it is really just absolutely front and center right now. It's been more than enough. It's pretty, pretty crazy. But I'm going to make a horrible segue and go back to what you've been doing. Okay. <laughs> so what else I've been doing besides the OnlyFans stuff and having fun with my fans? Um, I did move into a new place. I was somewhere else in Vegas. Now I'm in a slightly better apartment. And... Yeah, so that was interesting moving in the middle of a pandemic, you know, thinking, where am I going to get boxes? How am I going to find a moving company? It was all a lot simpler once I actually started doing it. But like, because I had already planned on moving before the pandemic, and then businesses started closing as I was moving. And (laughs) yeah, so that was a lot. And then I didn't move to Vegas with a lot. So I drove here from Indiana to Las Vegas in my little four-cylinder four cylinder putt-putt. Like anything I could fit in there. I had an air mattress, clothes, art stuff. Those were like my essentials. And I didn't even get out of an air mattress till the beginning of the May. Yeah, I was going to say this month, but it's June now. Um, eh, time doesn't matter. <laughs> time doesn't exist anymore. So since the quarantine and everything, yeah, time stopped existing since quarantine. And I got a futon and a TV stand. And yeah, I finally got some furniture since uh, I was spending a lot more time indoors. Because before then, I was spending like half my time in L.A. Look at you baller, you getting a futon. Holy shit. Making big moves. Huge. Huge. I could so have a guest if I wanted to. Oh for the futon. I know. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. How did you get to be this successful and rich? How? You're so new hey. in the industry. <laughs> I just trusted my vision. But really, yeah, moving out to Vegas did change a lot for me, to be honest, because I knew I couldn't stick around in Indiana if I really wanted to pursue this. I had to be more where production was and everything. So it was a big move for me. Oh, no, I totally get it. Where in Indiana were you? South Bend. (laughs) Woohoo. Oh, you in the morning? I'm just fucking up jokes. Why am I spacing on the Amish? There we go. Just you and the Amish. The Irish. The, well, you have the Fighting Irish and the Amish. I know South Bend, you got like places to t- hitch horses at banks and shit. <laughs> I haven't seen a horse in a while. They, they are around um, more outside and stuff. Yeah. Um, in the Northern Indiana, there's the Amish along with the Fighting Irish cornfields. 
soybean fields. As the old saying goes, Indiana Beach used to say there's more than corn in Indiana, which unfortunately Indiana Beach is shutting down this year for good. Wait, what do you mean just for this year or like they're I, gone? They're gone. Indiana Beach. Mm-hmm. Indiana, like. There's more than corn in Indiana. I'm from Chicago. Surprise? I'm from Chicago. So like I'm, I know the area. <laughs> Oh, sweet. Yeah, we're only two hours away from each other. Then. Yep, yep. I've been to South Bend plenty of times. Did you uh, go to any tailgates? No, no. Um, I had a gig, like a civilian gig back in the day that used to send me out to South Bend every once in a while. No shit. Yep. What was a civilian gig back in the day? Uh, I used to do armed security work for an armored car company, so we had a branch in South Bend. Armored? Yep. Armored cars? Yep. Like bank mm. trucks? That makes sense. That gave me like a flashback of the intro to the Dark Knight with the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> also shot in Chicago. No shit. Yep, that's all like Lower Wacker and shit like that. Fun fact. Well, it wasn't fun for me at the time. Um, I actually, for a brief moment, I was up in Waukegan, like literally for a moment. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I could use that. It wasn't the brightest time of my life. Why Why would you end up in Waukegan, of all places? Oh, what? you see a stupid anchor tattoo on my wrist? Well, I see an anchor tattoo. I mean, if you want to call it stupid, I'll let you call it. I'm not going to insult your rank. I have some pretty dumb ink myself, so. Yeah, it was for a guy in the Navy. And oh, he was at Great Lakes? there. <laughs> yeah, it was a stupid tattoo and we were together and I ended up going off to college and leaving him there anyway, so whatever. <laughs> so was this a high school sweetheart like before he went off into the Navy or? Uh, I wouldn't call him a sweetheart, but yeah, we were together in high school. Well, I mean, figure of speech, not... <laughs> Obviously, you two didn't run off and get married unless you have him hidden in a closet somewhere in Vegas. No, we eloped. I oh. was. <laughs> I was fucking eighteen. I remember my first class of the day, and it was Valentine's Day. It was my senior year. Um, I was in art class, and we had already made the appointment for my class afterwards. So I was going to skip the class after my art class. And my friends were just like walking by the door, like, hey, what's up? And I was like, hey, like, you want to come to my wedding later? <laughs> we can have a reception. <laughs> so I got married at the courthouse when I was 18, and I didn't tell my parents. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and they told us to not even get engaged. So I, I'm assuming that went over like a ton of bricks when you, they eventually found out. I mean, it wasn't explosive, but they weren't happy, no. Did you eventually get legally divorced or are you still legally married to him? Oh, fuck yeah. We're. It didn't take that long to get divorced. You'd be amazed how many people are still like on paper married to like crazy old spouses in this business. No, like they're not even. Like, they're like not together, but like, you know, still on paper married because they just don't for whatever reason, legally get divorced. I don't know. That's a confused face. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been married. Not once. Engaged one time. Never married. So I don't know why 
people are not are slow to pull the trigger on that shit, but it seems to be a commonplace. Huh. Maybe taxes? I mean, it could be taxes. It could be like, oh, hey, we didn't get a prenup and both of us have some assets and, you know. Yo, that would suck. Like, imagine getting another partner. Like, marriage isn't that big of a deal to me. I mean, I got fucking eloped when I was 18, for God's sakes. How seriously do you think I ever took it? Um, <laughs> oh, but that would, what if you were with someone and it was really important for them? Like, I want to get married. And you're like, oh, I never told you this, but. <laughs> by the by, I'm still legally married to that person who probably hates me. Sorry. That person you can watch me having sex with on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Probably not a great scene. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. So is that the only marriage? You got another one under your belt? Number, another two, three? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, not yet. One, <laughs> exactly. Not yet. The first one was for love. So the second one's got to be for money. Hell yeah. You're going to get a second futon out of it? I mean, I'm hoping to get at least like two more. Roll through Spencer Place, just nothing but futons. I'm going to take a picture of all my futons just to flex on everyone on Twitter. You should. You should even take that to IG. Just be like, look at this futon. Look at the futons. Who's the next big influencer? Spencer Bradley. Right. And her glorious futons. You guys want to have an adult sleepover on my futons? (laughs) You got to be careful with those. I had a futon back in the day, and I definitely broke the fucking frame having sex, so... And nothing like just a fucking boonk, like collapsed in the middle, mid-fuck. Were you both okay? Yeah, we were fine, but it was still like, creak, 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 uh, uh, are you okay? Okay, I'm okay. Like, moment of shock. And because I was a scumbag teenager, I never really fully fixed the frame. I just kind of jury-rigged it back together, and it would occasionally just pop in the middle again. Naturally. And then I I bet you'd love that shit, too, especially when you're around friends, and it'd pop out, and you'd be like, I fucked that up, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, there, were, there was definitely that right a couple times. But there was also the time that one of my friends grabbed a fucking Klondike bar out of my freezer and got chased through my apartment by another friend. Like, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And dove onto my bed and just, like, thanks, guys. Thanks. Fucking jagoffs. <laughs> Did they break it? I mean, they broke it temporarily. I had to rig it back together again. But it's like, no one's having sex here. And there's, it's over a fucking Klondike bar. <laughs> You know, at least uh, you know how to rig things. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't rocket science. It was just like there was a pin that went into the frame that, you know, dislodged it, kept the frame upright. So you had to kind of get in there and rig it back in. Okay, so I should probably never do content on my futon. Well, is it a wooden frame or a metal frame? It looks metal. And you should be fine. This was like a wooden frame, so. I remember those. They always seem to have, like, the thinnest cushions on them. I mean, the futon itself was fine. <laughs> eventually, eventually, it became I just slept on a futon on the floor. Eventually, Wait, just, Oh, because it didn't have any. Yeah, eventually the frame just fucking, it was done. I was just like, all right, now I'm that dude who sleeps on a futon on the floor. And amazingly, occasionally I would bring women home and they'd still sleep with me on it. So, you know. I'd probably be one of those women. I'm, I'm one of those ones. Uh, actually, stayed with a guy on a concrete floor for a while. After was it after my separate? It was after my separation. Yeah. 
after, during, you know, same difference. Whatever, he started it. Oh, did he now? <laughs> oh, no. No, no, you reach for the bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I don't want to get too deep into your, your marital woes with, the, you know, the sailor. Oh, my gosh. They are not woes. And, no, that's just the story now. Part of the timeline. For sure. It builds character. It did, man. All right. I don't want to talk about this. Is now other stuff's coming up in my no, head. No, no, no. Well, let's, let's not do that. Let's not do that. But you did mention on your move, your epic move from Indiana to glorious sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, that you brought art supplies with you. What kind of art you're doing? I do magazine collages. I really like chalk pastels and oil pastels. Um, do I have any of my stuff with me? I have this big black portfolio, but it might be in Indiana still. I have some stuff with me, but like... So, yeah, chalk pastels, oil pastels, and I started to do magazine collages in college. Um, like a serial killer? Or? No. Um, I would just find these different images in magazines and put them together and, like, make a cohesive message, kind of. Like, I have your daughter, it will be $5,000 in ransom? And what do you... Like this one kind of actually has to do with my divorce a little bit. And um, yeah, and there's, yeah, never, yeah. For the, oh, that's really rad. Thank you. Yeah, there's a prescription bottle there, marital ring or engagement ring, marital ring. And it's like, so we were in Chicago, right? That's like a skyline. And behind there's like a gate, you know, like being kept in a gate. So, so what's the script for? The script? Yeah, was the oh, this one? Um, I got that out of an article that was about painkiller um, subscription abuse. Gotcha. Uh, this one is like a consumer type deal thing. Like the consumer worships, you know, like the goods, products, things. And there's also like some painkillers on there as well. There's popcorn for the consumption. There's Mary holding a diamond that I put there. Money, gambling, makeup, appearance, you know. And in the back there, that's a big, massive crowd of people all packed together. Like, Very cool. How long have you been doing these collages? Um, so I didn't pick up on them until my senior year of college, which, how old was I? Was I? That was probably, that was three years ago. So, yeah, um, I don't do them as consistently as I should. But, yeah, so it hasn't been like a consistent three years, but I started them three years ago. Hey, when the inspiration hits you, then you do them. Would you rather turn out something that's great or turn out something that's like, oh, well, I turned it out because I had to turn something out? Exactly, yeah. And it feels more authentic when you come to the table with that energy, you know. I do believe in like practice and discipline and everything too, but yeah, with this, especially with the magazines, you have to have like an inspiration come at you. You plan to continue doing that? Like perhaps sell your art at some point, you know, transition to doing more and more of it. Yeah, I would like to, I've been actually trying to brainstorm ways I could bring it into sex work. And I have an idea. As she runs away from the camera again. <laughs> 
So um, this past year's AVN catalog thing, I'd really like to do like a collage of the stars and like auction it off or something. You should. What's stopping you? Exactly. All right. I guess the interview's over. Spencer's <laughs> going to get to work. Uh, I'm busy now. I got no time for you. It was fun. Bye. But yeah, I wish I could show you more, but that seems like I just have my magazine collages here in Vegas. Um, I've done some paintings here, but um, I'm not really a painting person. So these are just kind of like practice fun. Glittery anal beads. Nice. For the audio audience, there's a very nice purple. I mean, that's technically purple, right? Yeah. Purple anal beads. Purpley fuchsia. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cis heterosexual male. Like it's, you know, I only do base colors. I don't expect you to be like, well, it was cyan or see, I don't even fucking know. It's like purple, blue, green, red, but it's the kind like you pull on. It has a, a ring at the end to rip cord that right out of someone's asshole. If you wanted to, like you're starting an engine, just that's hilarious. And I'm like, I want to incorporate that into a clip now. Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> like, uh, you know those things where you pull it out and it's like a spinning top? What if you, like, pulled and the person went, like... <laughs> oh, if you could get, like, one of those kid, like, merry-go-round little things that you, know, that you spin on, you set them up on that, and then you rip, and then they actually spin. <laughs> I've apparently broken Spencer. Like, her camera went out of focus. Like, she was... <laughs> Oh, God damn. I'm picturing that like at a park in the middle of the daytime. That's a crime. We don't encourage those things. But if you happen to get away with it, more power to you. Oh, man. We're going to have to go to hedonism to get away with that. We? I mean, the, the royal we, right? Trying to take me on <laughs> vacation. We just met. Jesus. <laughs> oh, baby. I'll treat you real good. I want to take you places. I want to get you out of where you're at. <laughs> but I like being in Hollywood, California. Thank you. <laughs> I was playing Captain Save a Ho. Well, I am a ho, so I do need saving. Baby, what are you waiting for? Baby. Oh, my God. I would never treat you like that. Then let me take you away from all this. The funny thing is what they really mean is, like... Come be my puppet, please. Come run away from all this financial freedom and freedom of schedule. <laughs> and just come be my slave, please. <laughs> right. Let me control your life. Let me be overbearing and control who you can hang out with, who I'm okay with you spending time with, who I'm not cool with you spending time with. I don't care the history of your friendships or anything like that. If I don't like that person, nah, you're not hanging with them anymore. I've not had to experience that in so, so, so long. I've been single since 19. Well, I'm glad you haven't, because that is the worst. And unfortunately, it's one of those things you see being around the biz long enough is, especially a lot of times you'll see mainstream entertainers roll through and act as Captain Save-A-Ho and then not be able to handle when the performer's like, I got to go back to work. I, I have my own career. And they're just like, their ego just can't handle the sex work. It's like, but, 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 
It's like, bro, you only signed up because you're a sex worker. And that was the ego too. Right. Mm -hmm. It was all ego all around. The story is old as time. (laughs) It's sad. And it makes for a horrible cycle because it's like, you have performers who are like, I want nothing to do with civilian dudes because they've had that bad experience. And then they get involved with the wrong people because they're in the industry. Because like, well, they at least get me. It's like, but they weren't Mm -hmm. a good fit. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. And it, it is difficult to find that in the industry. Yeah. It's a very limited dating pool. And uh, yeah. So when people ask about my dating life and everything with this, um, I don't really have much to say because I never really had a dating life before. So it's just like natural. <laughs> it's great. I don't see, I don't feel a difference. I'm getting more action. Actually, this is a better option for me. Awesome. And as long as you're happy with it, that's all that fucking matters. I really am. I'm so happy. I mean, yeah, I'm really happy. Fuck yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) that's all there really is to pursue in life is pursuit of happiness. Because at the end of the day, not everything's going to be perfect. It's not something you can maintain 24-7. But the pursuit of it is what's fucking important. I like that you said that. I think that put it in a different perspective for me. Because now when I'm not feeling my best, like, it's like, okay, well, you know, I could choose to go after what would, even if I don't feel good now, I can feel to go towards it. Thank you. Wow, you rock. I try. I try. Well, and if everything was fucking sunny and beautiful 24-7, you would never appreciate the really good things. You you can't have highs with no lows. Yeah. You know, it, it makes you appreciate the good things all that much more when you have to, you know, earn them, struggle for them a little bit, have the peaks and valleys, at least in my life experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it helps on normal days too, even too, just all around having the, the, the lows do help. They, they teach you lessons. They keep you going through your average days. Yeah. 100%. Especially when you acknowledge it, like, this too will pass. Nothing's permanent. That's right. I mean, except maybe a tattoo that says nothing is permanent. No. Now you could still lizard that off if you really wanted to. Or I mean, <laughs> if you really wanted to go crazy, you could take a bunch of drugs and bandsaw off your arm if you really wanted to get rid of it. If you're like hardcore about it. <laughs> yeah. I am not. I've never had a tattoo removed. I have no real intentions to. I have a couple bad ones. Oh, my goodness. Do you ever want to get your bad ones covered up or anything? Nah. Nah. I mean, it's just kind of what is what it is at this point. Right. That's how I feel about the one on my hip. I have a one love tattoo, and I wish the lines underneath it were, like, asymmetrical, but it looks like a hot dog. I've gotten asked if it's a mustache, um, but I wouldn't change it. I would get the anchor covered up, though, because that makes me feel like not me. So what's stopping you? Um, modeling. Well, I mean, you can get covered up with something slightly bigger. Yeah, honestly, I have been thinking about doing that. Just go ahead and going off and doing it because, like, it took my parents a little bit to notice this, you know. I'm sure people in porn, when there's already something there, it'll take them a while to notice something just slightly different. Yeah. And we're not in the day and age where, like, 
oh my god, you're not going to get work because you have some tattoos. Yeah, I, there's people that still try to tell me like, oh, don't do this, don't do that, because. I used to be wild when I first started stripping. I had a blue mohawk. Like I used to do whatever I wanted with my hair, whatever I wanted. And then I got into um, modeling and uh, I already had like this growing out brown hair. I was just going through like a time of feeling really dumpy about myself for like a few years. And I didn't feel like playing with my hair anymore. I didn't feel like playing with myself. I just, I felt like I had to wake up. I had to wake up every day in my body. Not that I got to wake up every day in my body. Um, And that's kind of where I was at a little bit when I entered porn. And now I'm feeling better. I'm a spot where I'm like wanting to do different things. I'm feeling like I can't. And that's a huge bummer for me right now. But you can just got to use wigs. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, yeah. Uh, before, I'm no longer um, working with this person, but I was like, I want to shave my head off and just do wigs all the time. Like, I really felt my core. Like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's my next step. I'm going to shave my head and do wigs all the time. Hard no. Hard no. And, you know, you just get fear instilled in you. And this is my full-time thing. So when I get scared, it's just... It's it's hard to be more me, which which but sucks. at the end of the day, it's your body and it's hair. It'll grow back. Mm-hmm. It's it's temporary. You know, worst comes to worst, like you shave your head, you put on some wigs, and if it doesn't resonate with the fans or people that are booking, you're like, okay, that was a failed experiment. Right. I see other people changing their looks and it's, they didn't lose fans over it. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure my fans weren't like, oh, that sexy groundhog colored hair. I'm sure that wasn't the selling point. You know what I mean? I'm sure it was like my smile or my eyes or something, which my hair is not going to change that much. Well, they were actually more concerned if winter was going to last another six weeks or not. That's a knee slapper, Matt. I feel like you're mocking me at the moment. You're the one who's a groundhog colored hair. I, I just went with it. Just went with it. Just went with it. I'm so sorry. That's a genuine sorry. The knee slapper part was not genuine. The sorry was. I got it. I got you. <laughs> I get you. I get you. I get you. I see how it is. I see. I'm the worst person ever. Nah. I've been around a while. I've met a lot worse. Ooh. <laughs> Never mind. I won't ask you to share. Well, I also don't know you all that well. You could be the worst. You could be. You could just be, you could be like being completely honest with me. Like, Matt, I am the absolute worst person. The worst. And I'm like, oh, she's being funny. And then, yeah, when you're down the road, be like, oh my God, she was absolutely right. She is the worst. You see me like in the 2020 history book with my own chapter and you're like, she was evil. Well, if no. you're if you were successful in evil, sign me up. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Evil's looking like the losing team right now. Well, then they're not successful. <laughs> oh man, it's getting a little hot in here. I'm losing my mind. Well, that makes for good content, thankfully. <laughs> oh, I'm so hot right now. We're not that kind of show. <laughs> Welcome to Matt's Letters 
podcast after dark. <laughs> Welcome to the after dark. We're just down. It's whispering exclusively. I know this is this is great audio content. Just whispering in your ear holes. Just talking all sensually and. If I had that in my ears, I would feel like a fucking mosquito was in there. Thanks. Thank you. Ouch. Trying to give the woman a sexy voice, and she's just like, I feel like there's an insect in my ear that's trying to suck my blood out of my skin. Wow, you are the worst. Thanks, Spencer. I was trying to make myself sound like one of the mosquitoes, too. I was whispering. Yeah, the difference there is people will pay you money for that. People will be like, uh, we're another podcast. Well, they're not about that life. They're not about me whispering sensually in their ear. <laughs> so, uh, with the pandemic on, are you planning to do, besides the collage stuff, are you going to buy some supplies and do some other art? Um, I have pretty much enough supplies here right now for my magazine stuff. Um, I I have enough to play around with my chalk. I just really need to get inspired. I, I tried getting expired, expired, inspired. Don't, don't expire. That's not good. I feel like I've been expired. Anyway. <laughs> no, you, you definitely don't want to expire in Vegas. Like the summer, you know, the heat there, your body will smell like, it'll be horrible. Just, oh, so bad. So fuck bad. Oh, that'd be great for the neighbors, huh? Well, and on top of it, like, you don't want to die now. Like, people have to telecommute to your funeral. Yeah. Well, actually, it could save me a lot of embarrassment because I don't think a lot of people are going to show up to my funeral anyway. So, Aww. perfect time. <laughs> Aw, well, I'll show as long as there's a good spread. <laughs> okay, I'll put a good spread in my will. For you, so you show up. I appreciate that. I, I really appreciate. It. I mean, dead serious. I've talked about this on air before. I have a life insurance policy that is specifically for an open bar at my funeral. No, you don't. I do. Get out! I fucking love that. I got. Oh, li- I got. I got life insurance because it got me a break on my auto insurance. Like it was, you know, like, oh, if you get one more insurance policy through us, it will save you X amount of money on your auto insurance and your renter's insurance. The fucking life insurance policy is like $17 a month for like 50 grand. I'm like, okay, I have no kids, no wife. Well, what am I going to do with 50 grand after I'm dead? Uh, Open bar for my friends. That's really fucking cool. I can get down with that. I fuck with that. So it's like, now I want to see Matt dead. <laughs> no, that's so sad. As she says with a giant smile on her face, like, that's so sad. I'm going to be drinking great goose at your funeral so much. So much goose will be geese. Thanks for the life insurance policy, Matt. Well, I'm glad we you know, already have a pact to attend each other's funerals, whoever dies first. Yeah, I'm liking this budding friendship so far. Right? On the, I mean, we'll have to leave it to the audience to see who they think is going to go first. <laughs> hmm, right now, it could really be a toss-up, especially like with anyone in the U.S., you know, right now. Honestly. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> Back to what I was talking about before. I was trying to get inspired. Um, so I took some acid last week. And uh, jealous. Only- jealous. <laughs> Are you a psychonaut? Do you like to go tripping? I do. I do indeed. Uh, like, I drink, I do psychedelics. That is it. I don't smoke. I don't do anything else. It's just drinking and psychedelics. That's super interesting to me that you don't smoke weed then. Um, I have a shit THC tolerance and I just become a worthless human being. I understand that. I get that. Yeah. Like occasionally I will partake. It's not like a, a moral problem with it. It's just. You physically don't like it. Yeah. Physically. It's just like, uh, I'm just gonna. I lost a fucking day in Colombia on an edible. It's just like, just lost a fucking day. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Yeah, my buddy smuggled edibles into Colombia when we went down there, and he was like, "I just test drove these in the states. They're not that hard. You know, we'll do them. We'll go out and have a good time." I'm like, I'm down. I didn't make it off the couch at the Airbnb. I'm just like, take a whole edible. Yeah, just like it was one gummy. It was one fucking gummy. I have no idea what how, you know the milligrams on that gummy, but it was one fucking gummy, and it was just like. Uh, we should go out. We only have so much. And your friend was just like, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. Knowing you don't smoke. Yeah, yeah. It just hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. How long did it take to hit you? Like, how long did it, after you ate it? It was probably like an hour or so. Like, we had gone back. We'd you know, been out during the day. We went back to the Airbnb, like, freshen up. Cooked, you know, cooked dinner real quick. Ate the gummy. Like, we're going to go out and hit the town, and then it was, nope, nope, that was not happening. Did you stay in solo? No, we all, they didn't abandon me for once. Oh, nice. That's really cool that they stayed in with you. I think they were a little fucked up, too. They were a little (laughs) fucked up, too? Yeah, I think think my friends were a little fucked up, too. And plus, we were, I had zero problems in Colombia, but we were all super on edge. You know, it's a country where we were in their capital city and the average income is like 300 U.S. a month. And, you know, violent crime is still a th- does happen there. So it was just kind of like we were on point. We were just, you know, being very cautious with everything we were doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to end up like in jail in another country. Jail or robbed or, you know, it's just like my first night in country, like my cab driver clocked my iPhone. He's like. Oh, that's an iPhone 8. That's worth $900. I'm like, oh, shit. That dude just immediately identified my phone that's in a case, like, just by its model. And I'm like, that is, I'm carrying someone's three three months worth of someone's average salary in my pocket. And uh, were you, like, guys, were you staying, like, in hotels? No, we were in an Airbnb in a neighborhood. Oh, you were in Airbnb. Oh, oh, so, oh, oh, oh. How'd that go? It was great. I mean... Overall, the trip was great. We were just fucking cautious. I mean, there was definitely a couple points where it's like, we got to go. We got We were in a park watching some live. There was some like live band and they're like, we're watching dudes like do bumps off their knives in the park. Uh-huh. And I'm an occasional cigar smoker. So I fired up a cigar and there are luxury items down there. Not many people smoke cigars. Okay. So you got like three gringos and one of them smoking a cigar. They kind of the locals were like hmm my buddy's like we gotta go i'm like yeah you're right we gotta go (laughs) (laughs) nice going matt way to draw attention right bad (laughs) enough that you know we're white people in Colombia, and 
drawing attention to ourselves. It wasn't the smartest move. Yeah, no, especially if you guys didn't have any Colombo friends. No, no, we went down there blind. Um, one of my buddies is a native Spanish speaker, at least. But uh, back I to the original point, yeah, THC and I just, it never ends well. Me, I have to start off my day <laughs> with a little THC. I have problems with like my appetite and stuff, and it helps with that. And often, also, often nauseous or? Nauseous, yeah, nauseous. And all, it just helps with my appetite in general. But I had problems in high school waking up nauseous a lot, um, and it helps. Hey, I'm not knocking it. If it makes you happy, go for it. Just not for me. Right now, I just bought my first rig ever. Smoke wax out of. Wow, that looks like something out of a fucking science fiction. Like, there's so <laughs> many chambers. Right? And look at this little topper thing. So you put this on top to trap the smoke in, and look. It's got a little bead in it. Okay, that's ridiculous. For the audio audience, when you pull on this contraption, I don't even know what the, the rig... There's a little bead in part of it that spins around like it's one of those motorcycles in a cage. Yeah, it just spins and spins and spins. Like, why? I don't know why. I mean, it's awesome, but why? Because it's awesome. As Spencer says, that is the most stoner way possible. It's awesome, (laughs) dude. Dude, that's awesome. Totally awesome. Totally tubular. And this is my little tool to dig the wax up. He's an elephant. She has an elephant that still has its tusks. No one has harvested it for its ivory. It was a fair trade ethically sourced elephant. Uh, there are such things? No, don't take wild animals out of the wild, y'all. They belong there. <laughs> I agree. Oh, Tiger King. Did you watch that? Oh, of course. We're in quarantine. We have to talk about Tiger King. Is <laughs> I feel like there was an acid story that we just completely skipped over before we got to Tiger King. <laughs> oh, there wasn't much. It, t- it was old acid because I've been sitting on this shit for over a year because I'm one of those people, like, I don't, I'll just sit on my psychedelics for forever sometimes. That's like, a bummer. Because I'll, <laughs> I'll get a strip and then, like, I'll do a few and then I'll just sit on the other half for a while. And this was one of those cases. Um, So it's been over a year and it took three hours to kick in but basically it was a really light trip there weren't really even any visuals um i just felt like my sense of humor was resurrected like i was so bottom in the pits and i was just laughing my ass off for once like actually finding shit funny and connecting jokes in my head and it felt so fucking good that's all there was to it i wanted inspiration for art and stuff but really that was i think it was just medicinal that's fucking amazing. That's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Like, that's better than just recreationally, you know, tripping. You know, if you were having problems finding fucking humor in things and finding your voice for laughter and you found that again, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I can hear that in your voice that, like, you know exactly the vibes I'm talking about. I do. I do. I'm unfortunately sitting on, like, a little bit of mushrooms sitting in my room. Little someone, someone else who lives in Vegas was supposed to come by with some more mushrooms, but she hasn't. That reminds me, I need to text her like angrily, like, You said you were bringing me mushrooms, woman. 
Hmm. Oh, wait, are you Vegas based? No, I'm LA. I'm LA. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about the protests earlier. I was about to say, hook me up. <laughs> no, apparently her connect's in LA. So it's just like she was going to roll through to get mushrooms and then drop me off some on her way back to Vegas. Oh. No, I was Vegas based for a couple of years, but I moved to LA like almost six years ago at this point. What influenced that decision? Um, Me and Vegas never really saw eye to eye. Like, at that point, like, the rent's much more affordable. I definitely missed my rent. Holy fuck, I missed my Vegas rent. Like, I was living in Summerlin. Like, I was right at, like, Buffalo and Lake Mead. Okay. And I was paying under 1000 for a two-bedroom, two-bath place. How long ago was that? Uh, I left Vegas in 2014, so. Well, 2013 is when I had that apartment, so. That's a good fucking price. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. Great. Um, But I also found Vegas was a rough town to meet new people in. Like, I moved there in 2011, and I left in 2014. And in that time, I don't think I'm, I maybe met a handful of people that weren't in industry. Yeah. And, like, I feel it's a good, it's a good thing to have a balance between, you know, your social circles. You've got to. Definitely have some friends that are in the industry that know what's up, but you definitely got to have some civilian friends. I definitely agree. Um, a lot of my friends, because before I got into this, like are strippers and everything um, too. So I'm for the most part, like a lot of my friends are sex industry. I don't, but like different parts of the sex industry, they're not all porn people. Right, right. No, I, I totally get that. But I don't know. I just, for me, I felt like I needed to have some friends that were, Completely civilians. So, like, I I have a couple friends that still live in Vegas. Like, one of them works for Lowe's. Like, he's a good dude. Like, it's just, it's nice to be able to, like, go grab a beer or grab a drink and, you know, not have to talk about, you know, what we all have in common, which is sex work and the biz to some degree or another. Yeah, you do have me reminiscing in my head right now. Some old hometown, yeah, friends and stuff. yeah. But I, I definitely do have hometown, like a few hometown friends. Um, but I was kind of going way back in my head. Okay, sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, hopefully they're fond memories. They are. Good, good. The ones I was just thinking of. Good. Yeah. good. But it, I feel it's important to have that balance. Like, you can't be Spencer Bradley 24-7. You got to sometimes be a you know, legal name, you know, real life, completely just a person. Yes, not performing in any type of way because that state, it's called a stage name for a reason because you're a performer and I don't want to be performing all the time. Exactly. You got to have some civilian friends that you don't have to be on for that you can just be like, yo, we're going to go catch a movie and relax and just, yo, don't have to be on. Like you can roll in through in your schlubby fucking sweatpants, no makeup. Yeah, chill. That's me. Go ahead, sorry. I said, that's me. That's all. Like the sweatpants, all that. For the audio audience, she's uh, rather made up at the moment. She's. Huh? She is very much camera ready at the moment. (laughs) Yes, I have makeup on at the moment, but very minimal. She's still camera ready. Don't don't let her fool you. (laughs) But. All in all, I felt Vegas was a rough town to meet new people, and people were either 
very clickish or very flighty. Like it was, I just felt it was, I have no problems going out to bars and meeting people and making new friends and stuff like that. And Vegas just was rough for that. Yeah, I do miss like hometown vibes and feels. I miss like little dive bars and little diners and stuff like that. And just like shooting the shit with people. And the only thing you have in common is that you're human, you know, and that can just bloom into a really awesome thing because you can laugh at like just the stupidest shit because you're just both relating to being human. And there's nothing more than that. For sure. And that's fucking important. Super fucking important to be able to do that. I didn't find that in Vegas. I've been lonely, but it's hard not to blame it on the pandemic, too. For sure. 100%. I mean, this is an isolating time for fucking everyone. (sighs) Yeah, it is. How have you been dealing? And I've been dealing. Thankfully, this is a good social outlet for me. So I get to, you know, bullshit with people at least once a week on camera and get to do this and get to meet new people. So this is fun for me. Like, this is a good social outlet. On top of that, I Twitch stream, so I'm interacting with random people while I play video games. How do Twitch streams work? I've been so curious. Like, how do you... How how do people make livings off Twitch? Well, uh, they do it better than I do. (laughs) And it's just, you know, it's it's like me. I refer to it as, like, nerdy... As nerdy camming. Because it's really the same thing. You're providing entertainment... But a lot of the same principles. You've got to be on a schedule. you got people that don't know when they can log in to see you. you got to interact with your fan base. So it's like, I'm camming, but I'm playing video games that get naked for people. I have to cater to their whims. Like, oh, hey, we want to see you play this character or do this thing in the game. Oh, okay, you're paying. I'll do it. Instead okay, of, so they make the suggestions and then like offer prices, or do you ever have a tip menu like Cam Girls do? So Twitch isn't quite as structured like that. So you can subscribe to people, which there's various tiers on the subscriptions, which they monthly just pay you X amount of money a month. Then they could tip you, you know, something called bits, which are worth about a penny a bit. Hmm. Hey, tokens are only like five cents. So, I mean, it's not like it's that much less. Oh, okay. You know, an MFC token, I think, is worth five cents. So mm-hmm. so they can tip you bits for, like, to encourage your play or just to give you bits. And then you can set up a donation button where they can just be like, we PayPal you money. Here you go. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I. It wasn't something I was doing in any frequency before the pandemic, but I have so much goddamn free time now. Oh, no shit. So were you like a Twitch watcher before and you're like, Oh, we'll do my own stream and just see how it goes. So the way that came about, I'm fairly sure I've talked about this, but so I, I had a Twitch account and you know, occasionally I'd watch stuff and I tried streaming like three years ago and like no one was engaging. So I just kind of like, whatever. When the pandemic hit, Twitch made a deal with SoundCloud that if you had a pro SoundCloud account, you automatically got bumped to affiliate status with Twitch, which you have to become an affiliate before you can even earn money with Twitch. Okay. I have a SoundCloud Pro account literally just to have a player on my website for this podcast. Like, I don't promote anything on SoundCloud. All my content is there just so when you go to andnowwedrink.com, there is the embedded SoundCloud player so you can play the episodes from the website. Yeah, yeah, just so more people have another place to stream your stuff, right? Right. So because I had the SoundCloud Pro account, they bumped me to affiliate immediately when I signed up for it. And I went, okay, well, 
I have all this free time. I was going to probably be playing a bunch of video games in my downtime anyways. Might as well try to make some money at it. And so I've become a nerdy cam girl for the last, you know, two months. They're all going on three. Also, it sounds like you're enjoying it. Oh, no, it's a good time. It's, I mean, is super discouraging sometimes when like, oh, you're playing for hours and there's two people in your chat room and they're not even chatting. They're just watching you silently. I understand that. And I'm sure cam girls have the same experience. 100%. Yeah. And I'm sure it is so much more disheartening. They're like, I'm getting naked. And, I'm like, mm! and y'all ain't even saying shit. Like I'm asking questions and like, you know, move my butt. Do you, are you not entertained? Exactly. I'm like, yo, what character do you want me to play? Look at, yo. I'm just calling shit out and people are just like crickets, crickets in chat. And <laughs> They're playing other times where like the chat's booming and people are just like fuck yeah, you know, and it's a lot of fun. Or I'm playing with a couple other friends that also stream, so like the four of us are all on various streams, like just talking shit to each other while we play. It's fun. Oh, that's really cool. It's so funny how the internet has like its own little communities, and we could all find one when the pandemic hit. I mean, we have to adapt or die. Is really what it is. A lot of what I did pre-pandemic is, you know, I do production work for other people. So, like, there's no fucking production going on. Yeah, fuck, yeah. Which you probably couldn't tell from my previous lighting on other episodes. Sorry, guys, that I <laughs> didn't light myself very well. But everyone's there for, you know, my guests, not me. Oh. Hey, everyone. My hair's up in a messy bun, but oh, well. Don't 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 let her lie to you. She looks fine. So, were you curious how this works? A little. I, I think she just wanted an excuse to take a hit off of it. Yes. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't have to excuse your advice. There's no excuse for your vices. Just go for it. <laughs> Holy shit! I think she has a flamethrower. I do. You're gonna need this. You need both of these. So, for the audio audience. She has a rig in one hand that is fairly sizable. In her other hand, she has a flame device that is larger than the rig. <laughs> I Please don't burn your house down on my show. Please don't. So this is some uh, batter. It's a type of wax. And you scoop it up on my little elephant pen. Well, can we do that on camera? Maybe. Uh, I heard if it's legal in the state you're doing it in, it's cool. Is it legal right now to do it? Should I do it off camera? No, do it on camera. Okay. Yay. So, kids, no. <laughs> do that shit on camera. I mean, it's perfectly fine. Drug use is. When this shit goes on Vimeo, I will flag it for drug use. It's fine. <laughs> Holy fuck. And then we're going to hold it here for a while. So. What I am describing is like, I, this looks like how you would cook crack. I don't know. Just like she is holding a fucking flamethrower to a piece of glass. Like, I'm almost convinced the glass may melt. Like, she is just going to make a new rig out of what happens after she heats up this glass. I don't know. I, I'm. So I got to hold it here till the glass gets super, super, super hot. 
Well, that obviously, is- you can't just roll a new rig if the glass isn't fucking liquid. That's how glass blowing works. What happens? Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, when you glass blow, you got to get the glass, you know, super hot before you can manipulate it. Oh, I saw glass blowing once in person. So then you wait a few seconds till it cools. Till it won't burn your lungs on an intake? She is rotating the elephant around the little glass cup. And then she has got her little spinny ball top. I've never seen a guest look so happy. She is taking another hit. So that trapped in all the smoke that was trying to, like, come out, the smoke that didn't get in my lungs, and I got the rest of it. That's what that little thing's for. Ah. Yeah, it's funny. I took my dad to his first wheat shop ever um, when he came out to visit me in Vegas. When did he come out to visit me? In December. And... uh so he, he got Blue Dream, a vape pen with oil. And I had him hit in the vape pen of Blue Dream. And he likes it. Like, my dad always said, he's like, weed was never my thing. Uh, it makes me feel stupid. I don't like it. I don't like it. And he gave me the benefit of the doubt in Vegas. I was like, Dad, I will find you a strain that you like. Comes to the weed store with me. I can tell he's a little hesitant, but also like willing and like observative and stuff and um so I'm talking with the lady about like what we need and trying to engage my dad a little bit but he's observing everything so I like let him observe and all that and we get out and we're smoking and we're having some drinks it's later on in the night and my dad goes you know it's really hard to say this without inserting my nickname into it <laughs> you know blah 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 you know about that uh, that weed shop, the thing about that weed shop? I was like, what, Dad? He was like, there were all types of different people in there. He was like, there's businessmen in there. There was blah, blah, blah. There was like, he just describing all the walks of life he's seen in there. And he goes, and you know what the other thing is? I was like, what, Dad? He was like, and they were all happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, I was like, yeah, dad, the weed store is a haven. It is. It is the great, you know, it bridges the divide. <laughs> Straight up. I'm going to have to ask you off here what the nickname is because I'm, I'm really curious. Okay. I mean. Uh, off air. If it's going to be revealing to what your real name is, like, don't, don't say it. Uh, slightly. Yeah. I'll ask you off air. I'm personally curious. No need to dox yourself. Okay, okay. I'll tell you after you're done recording. <laughs> exactly. But uh, remind me, because I am honestly curious. Okay, it's really nothing, honestly. It's more dif- It's more syllables than my first name. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, my first name's literally one syllable. That was a little revealing. Oh, well. There's a lot of you know female names that are one syllable. I'm call it more a unisex name. Well, don't dox yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Like you're gonna give my audience your address next? What are you doing? Stop! Stop that! Oh, J.K. Everyone. 
reality. She is she actually has one of the micro names where like it's like two words, two names hyphenated. Kaylee Nicole. I think that's actually one of my friends' names. I'm sure it is from South Bend, Indiana. I would put money on it. <laughs> it's like Kaylee Nicole Murphy. <laughs> oh Murphy. Um they're coming out with the documentary on Brittany Murphy here soon. Oh, rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. Yeah, yeah, they they gave her a lot of recognition. I was like young when she was getting popular and stuff, and listening to uh, this podcast about her, you know, it reminded me because I remembered seeing her in all these films, but I was so young, I wasn't like considering this. She was like really an up and coming when she died. Yeah, there, she only had a handful of leading roles, and they weren't like in major movies. She had a lot of supporting roles in a lot of great movies. But her leading movies were nothing, unfortunately, to write home about. Yeah, weren't they like... Um, like the Ramen Girl, I want to say, is one the of them. The Girl, the one with the rich dad, that one? Uh, I'm going to... Now I got an IMDb here. Now we got an IMDb Brittany Murphy. Yes, yes. Making me do research. <laughs> we're both doing it. It's fun. You know, dude, I miss, like... Did you ever have those late nights with your friends in middle school or high school where you would just stay up late doing stupid shit on the internet, like finding stupid shit? Like, you know, I'm old enough that there was no internet when I was in middle school, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Thanks. 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 Well, you weren't up to the stupid shit I was then. No, I was up to other stupid shit and like doing stupid shit in real life. Touche. Um, well, I guess she wasn't, she was the lead in Just Married with Ashton Kutcher. Just Married? I don't remember that one. Holy fuck. She has been dead for over a decade and is still number 115 on IMDb Star Meter. That's crazy. That, yeah, Brittany's got some influence. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I have friends that are working with mainstream actresses that aren't 115 and, Dude, you need to tell them that Brittany Murphy is fucking 115. You gotta tell them. How do you think they're gonna react? Uh, probably not great. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like telling you know, a working actress, like, hey, the girl who's been dead for over a decade is more successful than you. <laughs> kind of a uh, dick move to say to someone. Kind of, just a, little, just a little bit of a dick move. It is, it is. I mean, she's definitely much more successful than me. My IMDb rating fell into the millions recently, so. IMDb goes into the millions? Oh, it goes deep into the millions. Like, because, oh, believe it or not, you'll get an IMDb credit for doing this. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, IMDb, what's up? So I, I have guests, like, I occasionally look through my guest list and see, like, on previous episodes. I have guests that are in like the seven, eight millions on like the power rating, IMDb's power rating. I at least recently was used to be in six figures, but somehow fell down to fucking into the millions. Huh. Did, is, has there been any significant change of what you were doing then versus now? No. Oh, never mind. I've rebound. I'm at 457,000. Oh, that? You really fluctuate, huh? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. Like, I'm up. 596,000 places this week. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they judge those metrics. I don't know how they come about them. But yeah. I, 
just seeing like because normally I hover around where I'm at now. Like for the camera, you can maybe see. Oh, my phone's over fucking lit. Yeah, I can't see it. It's blown out. Yeah, it's blown out. But you know, I normally hover around you know the three to four hundred thousand mark, and I'm like dropped into under a million. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I thought I was still there, and then now I'm in four hundred fifty thousand. So is the IMDb page with my porn credits on it? Is that a different IMDb? There's the adult database, but the, like the real IMDb also does track porn. Hmm. Apparently, one of the actors from Goodfellas has the same name as you. Yeah. Because when I look up Spencer Bradley on the internet, if I don't put the three X's on it, that's the only other like super relevant one that comes up. Well, you are Spencer Bradley number two. According <laughs> to IMDb. You are known for Wanks VR, Big Butts Like It, Shutter First, and Best in Sex 2020. Best in Sex? That's the AVN Awards. The Best in Sex 2020, the AVN Awards for on Showtime. Oh. Your, uh, your star meter is 378,303, so you're more popular than I am. And we have three people in common, according to our IMB, IMDB networking, which would be Mr. Pete, Xander, and Avella Danger. No shit. Mm-hmm. Huh, I've never worked with Miss Danger before. Uh, well, let's see. Let me look at. Well, because probably best in sex. Oh, okay. the award. Yeah. That oh no. Uh, oh, because big butt. Um, big butts. Big butts like it. Big is a ongoing series. So you were both on the series. Is why it connects you too. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was about to say, yeah, I have sucked Sanders cock. Haven't been with uh, Bella ever. It's just how that works. It's like, cause it's a TV show. You know, IMDb treats it like a TV show. You were both on the same series. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Huh? Funny. Um, that's the same one I ever looked up. Is there still no picture there? Yeah. There's still no picture there. Hmm. I should change that. You should. How do you even edit it, like, for yourself? You got to have a pro account. Oh, boo. Eh, I have one. I appreciate having one. It's how I can add my own credits every week. Oh, yeah. And, on top, more. and on top of it, you can also, you know, look up people's, con- you know, their management contact information and all that fun shit. So if you ever need to get a hold of somebody's management, you're like, oh, hey, look on their IMDb Pro. Who's their manager? Hmm. Like it has you listed as the Adult Modeling Alliance as your talent agent. The Adult Model Alliance. Oh, um, I am with Next Level now. Yeah, but see? I never knew that AMA standed for Adult Model Alliance. Huh. But that's all things you could update if you had a pro account. Hmm. I'm sure this is compelling to the audience to find out the inner <laughs> yeah. workings of how IMDb works. <laughs> oh man so hmm do you have any other questions for me oh i'm sure i can think of a couple so when was the last time you tripped uh definitely february in february i decided to drop a tab and a half of acid on my birthday happy birthday happy belated thank you that was not the best decision in the world but not the worst explain but I, I I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I want to hear your story. Well, it was it, it was a drunk decision. It was like I hmm. decided to drop them at like eleven o'clock at night in the bar. 
<laughs> what are we, 21 still? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I think I am, yeah. Sometimes I'm in, I'm in denial about my age, that I didn't have the internet in middle school. I like to get silly. Oh, no, no. It, fucking, it was silly as hell. The walk home was fun. Uh, dropping them that late was problematic because I could not go to fucking sleep. I'm sorry I'm laughing at your pain right now. It's okay. That's what I'm here for. I'm here I'm here to be mocked by my guests. <laughs> I almost slapped my knee again. <laughs> the thing is, I do that in real life, and someone did get super fucking offended one time. Well, that sounds like their fucking problem. <laughs> okay, thank you, because I did feel really bad about it, because I do mean it as a lighthearted thing. Like, I never do it, like, if someone is, like, crickets in the room or something or like i i'm never a dick about it but like if it's kind of like punny if it's like a pun or like i just sort of or like a dad joke i'll be like oh that's a knee slapper you know right right well, how thin-skinned was that fucking person they're like oh my god spencer slapped her knee i'm so fucking i'm so fucking offended dude it wasn't real enough for me to even remember who the person is, but I do remember that feeling of feeling bad. Like, Oh, oh fuck. Okay. Shit. Like it was a joke. It, it wasn't even like an offense. Like I'm slapping my knee laughing about laughing. Like it was a joke about laughing. I don't- <laughs> exactly. I take that back. So I did do capsule mushrooms, but that was more of a microdose. Uh, late February, early March. A capsule of it. So, like, a friend of mine gave me, uh, I was ground up psilocybin in a in a gel cap. Okay, gotcha. Um, I was imagining that. I was kind of hoping you'd say, because I've never seen these anywhere except online. But I saw someone make these, like, THC oil shroom capsules. Hmm. Yeah, some wild shit. That sounds like that would make me absolutely worthless. <laughs> Imagine just like laying there and tripping and not being able to interact or do anything about it. <laughs> I mean, it might be fun. It also just might be like, oh, God, I would really just enjoy <laughs> this more if I was just tripping. Uh, I'm so sorry to be laughing as hard at that. No, no, you're not. Don't don't mind my <laughs> audience. You're, you don't feel bad about that. Come on, don't 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 have to try to play game me. I understand. You don't. Let's see how it is. A friend of mine just posted on his Facebook like he had someone had psilocybin chocolates like squares. What? Yeah. Like it, it, said it was psilocybin squares. I'm like. Dude, share with the class. He's like, well, if you want to roll up to the valley, I'm like, I got plenty. I'm like, I don't really want to risk COVID to come party with you, but man, super tempting. Damn, he was only going to give them to you if you partied with him? Well, I'd have to roll up to the, like, it'd be rude to be like, roll all the way up to the fucking valley and be like, yo, what up, man? I'm just here for the chocolates. Out. But like, kind of a dick move, right? But in um, defense, COVID. Yeah, hey, I'm going to take these things that you've been in personal contact with, imbibe them, and then bounce. Yeah. I, I trust that you're not sick enough to get me sick if I'm here for 30 seconds. Not that you know I want to spend time with you or be, you know, it just felt like kind of cringy to roll up there just to score drugs and leave. 
Yeah, fair. Like, it'd be one thing if he was a dealer or some shit. Like, like okay, you don't have to be friends with your dealer. Like, you, like this is a business transaction. It's a whole other story. It's like, hey, my friend has this. That would be awesome to try. Hi, buddy. Bye, buddy. <laughs> Just acting like your buddy's like, buddy. Hey, pal, thank you for the drugs. I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they were going to be free, then for sure. You got to... I, mean, so, I didn't. I didn't inquire over Facebook. Like, hey, are you gonna hook a brother up, or like, do I gotta buy buy him off? Yeah, the minute I gotta buy him off, then I got no qualms about being like, okay, here's your cash amount. I see Steve Mark Zuckerberg and the government in this conversation too. You want to sell some drugs? <laughs> I, I'm. I'm just. You know, it was just a conversation on Facebook. Like, um, psilocybin's been decriminalized places. I don't know if it's been California yet, but. Oh, in the U.S. it has been? Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon definitely passed um, decriminalization of psilocybin. Huh. I had no idea. Um, what were we just talking about before that? Oh, yeah, no. I just remembered. So, um... Well, you were asking well, me the last time I tripped, so that's that's how we got here. That's how we got here. Um, I lost it again. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to derail you. No, you're all good. Was the the old acid the last time you tripped? Yeah, uh, it took like three hours to set in. Before that? What was the last time before that? I, was, I think, oh, I was at home watching some fucked up short films online all alone, just like... Oh, oh what do you consider a fucked up short film? Like, what kind of... Yeah. Like some weird animated dystopian type shit with like some heavy ass messages. You know, I guess maybe I was emotionally preparing myself for today and not even knowing it. Who knows? For sure. But, Are you into weird cartoons? Yes. Yeah. I'm into weird cartoons. Um, someone told me you're a graphic novel reader. I just started picking up graphic novels about a year ago. Oh my God. You did homework on me? <laughs> Who told you that? Uh, a birdie. Was that birdie your publicist or someone else? Yo, dude. Um, it could have been one of two people, and I honestly don't remember which at the moment. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna dig too deep. Like, I feel like I'm possibly like okay, just a little too. Yeah, one of them could have either been um a friend or my publicist. Yeah. It was one of the two. I forgot which one mentioned them. But yes, I am an avid graphic novel reader. So what are, are you reading anything right now? Um, Right now, the last thing I read, um, I just dove... What the fuck did I just dive back into? I was rereading Why the Last Man recently. Actually, no, I, I'm lying. Um, I just started rereading uh, Fatal by Brubaker and Phillips. I'm since you're a fan, um, I'm gonna like write down these as you talk. It's um, kind of noir horror. It's Ooh. a the the main character is a immortal woman who has powers over men, who is being chased by supernatural forces that wish to sacrifice her to their god, and she uses men to avoid them. How does she use the men to avoid them? Like, I want an example. Well, it's uncontrollable to her, but men just 
fall like fall at her feet, like become obsessed with her. Hmm. Relatable. No. <laughs> I don't think she was lying about that. I think she was covering. I think she was just covering. And these you know monsters are constantly chasing her, so she'll manipulate men to fall for her to like put her you know themselves in harm's way to save her. Hmm. Over the course of the story, it's really interesting. Yeah. So, Fatal. What was the other one you mentioned about a man? Because it's sounded- oh, why the last man? Yeah. Uh, so the plot of that is uh, there is a worldwide pandemic, and everything with a Y chromosome dies. Everything except for the main character, and he doesn't know why. He doesn't know why he's still here. Yo, I'm so happy we started talking about graphic novels. Do you have any other recommendations? I'm loving this. You know what I've really been feeling or wanting to write? I've been inspired to write just like writing down. I don't know about like a graphic novel or anything. A fucking utopian novel. (laughs) I feel like we need it. Yeah, utopia. We're pretty far off from utopia in real life right now. So I feel like utopia is like the biggest science fiction. It's just not in human nature. Yeah, but... You know how people use like horror movies as escapism and stuff? And we're basically in a horror movie right now. Maybe it's just so far fetched. <laughs> you know, you could begin to like it. Hey. If it's a good distraction for you, I'm not knocking it. Yeah, you know, especially if you it's a medium that you will enjoy, go for it. Fuck yeah. Do it. Oh man. So um what other like Have you read uh Frank Miller's Sin City? Is that oh the, is that what they made the movie off of? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't, and I actually did want to ask your opinion about because when I was younger, I thought about reading it, and I really should have just went for it. But at the time, I don't know why I was fucking parenting myself. Like, oh, I'm not old enough to read that yet. I was picking up uh, Coraline like way before it was a movie, and Neil yeah, Sandman. Oh yeah, yeah, and I knew that was like a graphic novel and one of the librarians were trying to like suggest it to me and stuff and like i never i never got into it did you read it sandman yeah it it was great and i want to read it phenomenal it's but it's been forever since i've read it so you do recommend it 100 actually my publicist um recommended this comic app to me and if i can Uh, find it i'll probably just get it there comic comics exology yeah, yeah. I, I have a ton of content that I've bought through there. They've gotten so much money from me. I literally <laughs> bought an iPad a couple of years ago just to read comics on. <laughs> Sponsor. <laughs> I wish. They're owned by Amazon. They're not going to touch me with a 10-foot pole. Oh, is that because like people like me come on your show? People like you, crazy shit I say sometimes, you know. Fair. Yeah, well, I say some controversial shit sometimes. Not afraid of it. There we go. Yeah. But Frank Miller's Sin City, like all seven parts are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Sin City, I have that one written down. Sandman, Why the Last Man, Fatal. Fatal. Like Femme Fatal. Like fem fatal. Oh, so there's an E at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on the second book of the Umbrella Academy right now. Nice. What do you think of the Netflix show? I love the Netflix show. That's what made me pick up uh, the comics. I absolutely, and of course, you know, I get through the first one and I'm like, 
where am I? <laughs> but you know, it's I love getting immersed in um, the writing behind something. Like that's how I got into um, David Mitchell. Is when I saw Cloud Atlas and I read the book. I was like, oh my god, the book is amazing. Now I need to read more David Mitchell. And uh, yeah, because the movie's not so amazing. <laughs> they changed so much. They changed so much. Unfortunately, that's like one of the laws of screenwriting with adaptations. You want to they they traditionally preach taking an original property and then making it your the writer's own whoever adapts it so shit gets lost because it was like well people have already read the story you're trying to make an adaptation you're not trying to make a shot for shot remake of what the book or whatever you're adapting is huh i lo- thank you for reminding me that it's an adaptation I wish that vocabulary was used more when they base stuff off of other stuff. With some things like you, uh, did you see Zack Snyder's 2008 Watchmen? You've read uh, Watchmen, right? I've definitely heard of Watchmen. But have you uh, read it? Give it. I haven't read it. I'm going to write. Th- is that one I should write down too? Oh yeah, that, that is graphic novels. Watchmen is men. E n. Yep, Watchmen. Yeah, I hear lots of good about that. When Zack Snyder redid it into, you know, made the movie of it in 2008, he was fairly faithful to the source material, but he changed the ending and he made it more violent than the original comic was. Uh, the scream? Mm-hmm. Why did he do that? Zack Snyder. Oh, and violence sells in our country, dude. Like the ratings on movies and shit, that's all based on like sex. That's not really even based on violence. And I think. I forgot. And profanity. And profanity. Oh, yeah. And profanity. Like, you can have a hundred people die in a PG 13 movie as long as you don't show exit wounds or blood. And as long as there's so many instances of profanity. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they were saying is that PG 13 movies, like, there's cases where there's more violence in those than some rated R movies. And we're just like letting kids eat up all this violence all the time. Right. Where in Europe, you'll have an orange juice ad with nudity. But any violence is what will get their top rating. Why why are we the way we are, America? I don't know. Because we come from a puritanical society. Yeah, we were founded by a bunch of people that left Europe because they wanted to you know, be puritanical. Yep. You know, we, we still have weird conflicts when it comes to sex. You know, why is prostitution illegal everywhere except one state? And the one state it's legal is under weird draconian laws. Um, so what do you mean? What are weird draconian laws? So, you know, prostitution is only legal in Nevada. And you have to go to a brothel that has to be in a county that has like under a 10,000 population. So you can only go to, it's only in rural counties where it's legal. It's not legal in Clark oh, County. That way they're so far out. Wow. I never knew that. Right. And on top of it, if you were to work a brothel, you if you leave, you're required to stay there. And if you leave for over 24 hours, you have to get tested again, which on one hand makes sense. On the other means that if you're working a brothel, you're essentially beholden to not to be stuck there for a week, two weeks, not have a life outside of the brothel. Yeah, girls do talk about living there. Right. You know, that was why with the testing. Well, it's, it's because of the testing, and it doesn't make sense for the brothel monetarily to have you pop in for a day. The way they have it set up is so weird. Like, 
we all know that prostitution happens rampantly in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Why not make it legal? It's it's blatant too, like with the trucks that drive by with the naked girls, and it says "girls to your room." Right. Well, because they they're they're in room strippers. Yeah. Right. Right. When I was living in Vegas, I had a couple of friends who were picked up on prostitution charges, and the charge the prostitution charges were dismissed. They were they unfortunately had drugs on them and were hit with drug charges. It's like Clark County doesn't even really give a fuck about enforcing the prostitution charges. They just want to pop them for other stuff. It gives them an excuse to pop them for other stuff. Yeah, Clark County will fucking bust streetwalkers. But if you're doing in calls or out calls, sorry, if you're doing out calls and shit like that, yeah. they generally look the other way. Why not make it legal and fucking tax it at that point? Because people are stupid. We. So much of that has been underground for so long, and a lot of people don't want to face that is really is just part of people's everyday lives. People pay for sex. That's fine. People sell sex. That's how a lot of people get their living. And I think if, I don't know, laws were to say we accept this, they would just, at least the people in power right now, their voters aren't going to like that. Well, and what's crazy is like, Without fail, the red states consume more pornography. Almost without fail, the Republican politicians are the ones who are caught making use of sex workers. Mm -hmm. Like the hypocrisy. We literally have a president who has paid off sex workers. As our president. Yeah, our president has paid off sex workers. That is not anything anyone can argue about that's happened i'm just pissed that he has a double standard because they're pandering to their base like their base needs to acknowledge their own hypocrisy (sighs) because in theory i mean i don't support the man at all but in theory it's like oh hey this is a man who pays for sex workers and wants the fucking space force i should be behind this but i'm not like but i'm not it's a, such a bummer. Such a fucking bummer. I mean, I'm not I'm behind a lot of his other policies too, but mm. huh? I'm I'm not behind a ton of his other policies, but oh yeah. No. I don't want to get political. No, as a goddamn rabbit hole. But all I want is a president that pays for his sex and legalizes it. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing about it is, like, everyone has to fucking admit. We all pay for it in one way, shape, or another. Like, I'm going to buy you dinner. No, it is not explicitly, you don't owe me sex because I bought you dinner. But they see it that way, but they don't see it as in like, they they see it as a process and not them exchanging anything. And that's also the problem because it is an exchange like emotionally and physically too, if you do just like at the bottom line of it, you know? So if you... If you're just being expectant of someone, that's not an exchange. It's well, just it's weird to me how a lot of straights operate. Yeah, well, it's also fucked that you're like you're under the expectation, like I bought you a twelve dollars steak, you're gonna fuck me. Like no, no, no one's obligated to fuck you for a twelve dollars steak. That's so gross. That's motherfucking gross to think. <laughs> no, but so many no. people operate that way. It would be much more honest if everyone's just like, well. There's nothing morally wrong with two consenting adults making a transaction. 
there isn't yeah it's crazy that uh it's the only way that's legal with the transaction is if you film it or if you're in a brothel i think yeah or you're in a brothel but the thing about the difference between pornography and prostitution is this is the big distinction especially from a legal standpoint is the intent if a john is paying a prostitute for sex they are paying for their gratification if you as a performer and your scene partner are being paid by a producer you guys are not being paid for your gratification you guys are being paid to produce content for someone else's gratification yeah i understand like that's the i mean that's the legal the legal workaround at the end of the day you both may get off you both may have a good time but you weren't paid to get off you were paid to produce content yeah, I also feel like a big part of it is like they don't want just the women having that power and keeping all the money. You know, if you distribute porn, there's other people involved and there's more like money to be made and all of that. Traditionally, I feel like I've talked about this on air as well, that this COVID situation is completely going to change the face of the industry. You're going to see more and more performers making really good money on just their content that they're making on their own that we're going to probably see some death in some other larger productions because right now they're starving and performers like you can still make content, still make money. A lot of those productions are getting by by buying their content from performers directly. Oh yeah. Right now they are. Yeah. That's what I've seen. And as much as like states are reopening and we're, you know, we're not out of the woods. This is still going to go on for some fucking time. So longer this goes on, more it's going to devalue mainstream productions happening. It's going to be more and more every person for themselves making their own content. Yeah, I would really like to get to know about more behind the camera. Before COVID, I was actually asking some companies like, hey, I'm looking to PA, um, you know, just at looking for PA jobs before this all happened. And I never got to do it before this hit. So at the end of the day, PA jobs aren't going to teach you that much. Yeah. I mean, I've done that job. I can tell you firsthand, PA job will tell you how to get shit, get people on schedule, and probably hold a boom mic. You're not going to operate a camera as a PA. And that, you know, camera and lighting is what's much more important than almost anything else. Yeah, I need to learn about that. I know how to adjust my exposure a little bit, but my camera knowledge is so novice. I, I, it's, it's barely even there. Hey. You, you have lit yourself very well for this evening. You're better lit than I am. I'm fucking full of shadows. Thank you. I appreciate it. But dive down some YouTube rabbit holes. Like There's so I much. about that. I need to go to YouTube for more tutorials. I forget that's like the home of tutorials. Every time I go to YouTube, I'm watching like true crime. <laughs> what true crime stuff are you watching? What are you into? Okay, so I listen to podcasts and I go to different YouTube channels. I watch anything from like True Crime Watch Daily. That's like a whole team and like, you know, cameramen, journalists and stuff to like the individual YouTuber that's like doing their own research or, you know, like there's this one girl, she had a criminology major, Bella Fiore, and uh, she just uh, would casually throw in about like stuff she learned and everything and what she thought about the cases because it's really interesting to learn how like the police handle it and like 
just how everyone handles everything basically like it's just like okay and i like watching documentaries like evil genius on netflix oh my god evil evil genius holy shit crazy shit right and like how the state police and the federal police and the other like they're different police forces that all had different evidence and that's why it took so long for it to even get like people it's just i like knowing the different where they found justice you know finally because they didn't really ever find justice in that one huh they didn't really find justice in that one no not justice um no but okay now i i don't know what i was saying no i didn't mean to contradict you there i was (laughs) thinking of that one and like yeah they pretty much got away scot-free because you know they because they all died yeah a lot of them died and they named o'duty as a co-conspirator therefore they can't get charged with the death penalty for murdering him because he was a co-conspirator even though but they found out who it was, I guess that was the way I should have put it. The the yeah. way they go about finding everything out, like because they didn't know so much for so long because they weren't sharing information, and it's just crazy. Oh yeah, interagency not sharing information is how we got nine eleven. Like it, it like pissed me off when I heard about um, the woman who was taking notes and marjorie was basically admitting everything and then the cops just put it in a file called they labeled it snitch files and no one ever saw it for forever like it, oh this is just some inmates notes we'll throw it in a thing called snitch files and never look at it fuck yeah. you yeah poor pizza guy had to fucking die for that shit oh i felt so bad for brian wells in that documentary i know <laughs> Fucking uh, that 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 one is so crazy. That like that whole story is so crazy. By the end of it, where I don't want to give any spoilers to anyone, but by the it's end old, of it, it's it's a couple years old. You can give spoilers. Just we'll oh get, my god, we'll give the spoilers one. tag. So spoiler, 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 everybody. At first, on the first episode, when they're like Brian Wells had a list of sex workers, and I was like, okay, fuck you. So what? That's like it's only a crime because the law says so like what, like, what do sex workers have to do with like right. he was a lonely that. pizza dude like <laughs> right he's a middle-aged he, pizza delivery driver he's fucking lonely like he wanted to get his rocks off so be it let the lonely hoarder get his rocks off right and he liked them too. well he liked the jessica hoopsick girl that's where it came full circle because she was the one who was like, hey, I got to go for for you. This dude isn't going to fight back if you do some shit to him. Right. And well, that's his baby. Yeah, man, that that's the saddest part about it. The dude was just, a, you know, middle aged pizza delivery driver who was a John who got used. Like, that's fucking sad. And, and it, well, it was years. Yeah. And the worst part was like, that's the sort of behavior that gives sex workers a bad name. It's like, oh, hey, the sex worker who was involved with him for years, for fucking years, used him and set him up to die. And this is where we get the stigma for sex workers to, let's say, behavior like that. Yeah, like, they they always think we're, like, literally killing men for our benefit, like, with the whole, um, like, old man and that whole stereotype thing that you don't really even see that much you don't see really any decrepit people with 20s uh-huh uh-huh and i don't see any old men where's your where are you hiding the old man come on you got one back there i know you do 
Nah, they don't even want to fuck with me. Too many heart attacks. She just kills them in the club. <laughs> if looks could kill. It's true. It's true. That whole situation. I mean, it's fucked. It, it's absolutely a fucked situation that, you know, this naive John got set up to die. And what was even in it for her? It was just like some drugs, right? Yeah, but addiction's a fucking crazy thing. It is. Yeah, that's what I was going to add on. Just the story. Um, everyone has their own different, like, you know, stuff. But they could have done more. I don't know. The, the documentary, I don't know. I think it was just one of those situations where it ended up really sort of those situations where people can propel a stereotype because they do. Yeah. Oh. And that's the, man up the drugs. The, and, uh, but she's strong for coming forward, dude. She really is. She, she could have kept not telling anybody. She finally said something. She put her face on camera saying something she, you know, obviously learned from the experience. And, uh, yeah, it's just a crazy thing. So I was uh, offended at first when they were like, oh, this is his list of people, but it came full circle and actually made sense in the end. That doc, that doc is so crazy. How did Marjorie seduce all these men? I mean, she was pretty hot back in the day. <sighs> she was okay. Well, I mean, if you looked at pictures of her when she was young, she was pretty hot. And I feel like her, I feel like her crazy ass put out. Oh, oh, I bet she was great in bed. Yeah, You're exactly. right. She totally rocked in bed. Yeah. She, she trying to wrap up that uh, sex worker talk awkwardly, by the way. I was just trying to get out of the topic, kind of. It's all good. It's all good. No, I mean, Marjorie was probably amazing in the sack. Like, uh, what was it? Bill was uh, the dude who probably built the fucking collar. Yeah. Yeah. The Bill guy who loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he, she probably broke him off a piece and he just never forgot it. That's exact. I bet that's exactly what fucking happened. She was probably just all coy and flirty after that sometimes too. And she wanted something. Yeah. He's like, I mean, for fuck's sake, he let her hide a body in one of his freezers. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like how good is that ass? How good is that ass? Well, it wasn't good enough because he uh, snitched on the frozen body. Yeah, but he let her put it there in the first place. I have never had pussy so good in my life where it'd be like, yo, Matt, I'm going to hide this body in your freezer. All right, girl, we're going to go again? Never had pussy that good in my life. I've had some good pussy, but I've never had pussy that good. Yo, this is bringing up the question now. Like, was dude crazy or was the pussy just mad good? I would say the pussy was mad good. Pussy was mad good. He was just fucking whipped. mm, He's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you fit like a glove, girl. Fuck. Oh, man. Because nothing else he did seemed crazy. All seemed pretty fucking rational. Just got all tied up in that puss. Yeah, I didn't like how cocky he was at the end there. I don't know. And they didn't convict him. He just fucking died. So, yeah, I do a lot of true crimes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Listen to a lot of true crime. Uh Stuff I was listening. Was that was that what we were talking about? Oh, we were talking about YouTube, and that's how the true crime came up and what I watch on YouTube. Well, yeah, the, the, the podcast and the true crime and the 
Last podcast on the left is pretty funny. They have this segment called Side Stories. That's just like weird current event crimes that have gone on. I gotta know, are you the type of woman that no one should ever fuck with because you know how to dispose of a body? Are you that deep in true crime? You're like, I ain't getting caught. No, no, I wouldn't say it's like that. I'd be, I'd say be afraid of me because I'll just snap. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're, you know, hundreds of miles away from me then. <laughs> yeah, there would be no strategy to it really. So, um, <laughs> I'm not down with getting stabbed. So let's, uh, let's not do that. <laughs> I was reading some weird astrology thing, and according to my chart, I don't know anything about the stuff. Don't ask me how this works. I just read a reading for my chart. Okay. (laughs) And I guess according to my whole ass chart or something, it says it'll probably be like blood or a conflict. So looking forward to that. It could just be really rough sex. (laughs) Yo, dude, I do get torn in my vagina and bleed sometimes. Well, I mean, it could have just been period sex. It doesn't even have to be a terror. Oh, I love period sex. High five on that. Seriously, I fucking love period sex. Like, it just puts my mind exactly where it needs to be. Like, literally my brain vibrating where it needs to be. Like, ah, and my chest and my blood and my lungs. I need an orgasm right now. <laughs> Sorry, can't help. <laughs> no, I, I'm completely like my audience knows I'm completely down with period sex nothing makes you feel like more like a man than having like just fucking bloody stain from here to here just like that's right from my gut to my thigh is just covered in your fucking blood like that's right I tore it up <laughs> that's awesome fuck uh, I can't get sex out of my head now <laughs> sorry for being so sexy my, my bad my bad sorry Yo, that was kind of, like, sexy, though. And I'm on my period. So, like, yeah, I could go for just mopping my red pussy all over someone right now. That would be amazing. Well, I I retract the, sorry, I'm a couple hundred miles away then. Sorry. (laughs) How you doing? How you doing? No. uh, (laughs) No, but I've talked about that plenty of times on air. Like, anyone who is not down for period sex, fuck them. Like, Right, like grow up. Right, you need a medium rare steak. Why wouldn't you just fuck the woman that you know, you're into with a little blood? That's a good point. Are there still uh, people out there, by the way, that are like, "Oh, I don't eat pussy." Like, it's a cool thing anymore. I remember, like, was that ever a cool thing? Yeah, at least where I was from. But I come from Indiana. Like, you guys would be like. I don't eat pussy. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm bragging. I leave my partner unsatisfied and dry. <laughs> right? Fucking for real. I feel like times are changing, though, just by looking at the Twitter timeline. Well, they are. But I don't know if it comes to pussy eating that the times are changing. Oh, you didn't hear about DJ Khaled? He totally expects uh, his girl to suck his dick, but he doesn't eat pussy. He straight up said it. He straight yeah, up announced that, that was a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I was saying. It, it was a thing. I'm asking if it still happens. I don't fucking know. I mean, I've been eating pussy since the 90s, so. Would you eat bloody pussy? Yep. Ooh, what's that like? I've never experienced that. I mean, it was a thing. It was just kind of like, okay, it's on. 
Did it get in your beard? Did you have a beard at the time? Oh, yeah. No, it was January. <laughs> Did you have frozen blood in your beard? No, I live in Los Angeles. Of course it wasn't frozen. Oh, that's my Indiana coming out. <laughs> right. Like, no, it was like literally this January, not not like 20 years ago, January. Oh my god! Oh yeah, no, I, I fucking jumped right into the sack with someone. Period sex, like went down or fucking, it was on. So, do you prepare? Do you like lay down? I like to lay down towels, um, just because I don't like getting my sheets bloody. Um, and there's this blanket that's designed for period sex, and I really need to buy it. No, I put down towels. Uh, my mattress is permanently stained though, because it got a little too active and. Towels didn't stay in place. You know, sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah, no, sometimes you got to go for it. Sometimes, you know, shit happens. It's like, that stain is a reminder to not sleep with that person again. Oh, damn. These things happen. Sometimes you sometimes you fuck people you shouldn't. Oh, my God. I hear you there. It's like. <laughs> and I don't regret doing it. It was a good idea at the time. Shortly thereafter, it was like, this was a bad plan. This was a bad plan. I've actually, I can't say I've really regretted my sex recently. No, I mean, I don't regret, I don't regret sleeping with that person, really. I, That's not what you said, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I regret the aftermath of it. Hmm, I won't butt, or I won't cry. No, it was a, it was a long-term ex-girlfriend who just happened to, like, we hadn't slept together in 10 years. Like, it just happened, and it was like, the aftermath of it got fucking uncomfortable. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I have this uh, middle school ex. We didn't sleep together then. Um, I'd hope not. <laughs> uh, then years later, you know, we uh, hooked up when I was 19 or so. I think 20? 19, 20? Shortly uh, after your marriage. Got it. Yeah. And then... Um, a few years after that, again, um, oh God, oh God, I'm about to tell a story that, oh my God. I like stories. I like stories. The audience loves stories. So I had him come over to Indy a few years, even after that, and, um, her fucking and everything and all that. And I'm expecting, um, my dad to come on Monday. And, uh, so he was there for the weekend, the ex-boyfriend that I was reconnecting with. My dad came on Sunday. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. My dad came on Sunday and, uh, it was a good time though. You know, um, we made the best of what the situation was, you know, we all went to dinner and stuff. So that's just a funny, cute little story. At that point, you're, you'd already been married. Your father can't assume that you were still a virgin. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my dad's known for a while. Yeah. I, re- I remember when I first got birth control, that, that was a fun sit down with mom, dad, and future ex-husband. Yeah. But see, birth control doesn't necessarily like just, provide birth control it's like hormonal balance you know stuff like that so you could definitely not be sexually active and still get birth control yeah 100 percent. and that's a lot of the excuse in indiana that uh, our mommies would tell our daddies but we kept it 100 percent in my household <laughs> for better or for worse <laughs> <laughs> hey it's all right 
It happens. <laughs> Shit happens. Oh, man. Like, I remember when my parents found out that I was lying about where I was staying and that I was had actually been staying with uh, my boyfriend at the time. How'd that go down? Oh, they had me write down, like, his addresses and all that after he found out. What, so they can roll a patrol car by? <laughs> I have no idea. Probably just, like parent stuff you know like safety stuff you know if I ever had a kid and like and I found out like oh my god I thought you were like over in this area you know like that would be the part that was concerning to me is like I don't I didn't know where you are actually geographically located hello are you stupid like I'm concerned like it's my job to take care of you (laughs) do you want kids one day uh I always say I don't I think I would have been a really really cool aunt if I would have had any siblings. Um, but that is not the case. <laughs> I entertained the idea of fostering one day. Um, definitely not anytime soon. I am a mess. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, I also do not want children. Do not want them. I think I'd be a shit father. And I don't want to bring someone into this world to prove myself right. Right. Like, it's not a step in life. Like, it's a it's a big decision you're making for someone that you're non-consensually bringing into this world. Every birth is non-consensual. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so it's, it's 150% on you for them to do well. I'm sorry, but it just is. 100%. Well, you and your partner. Like, yeah, you and your partner. Thank you. I just don't think I would do good at the job. What was hilarious, this is very recent... I matched with a woman on Hinge last night who won, like, in the opening salvo of conversation was just like, I'm looking for a man to settle down with and have kids with. I'm like, girl, you are sexy, but I don't want to waste your time. I don't want kids. And, and that's a 40-minute conversation of her trying to convince me why I should have kids. No, that's not how this works. Like, we don't fit. I, I told you straight up from the get-go, I don't want kids. This is the time to, you know. I mean, I could I could have disconnected but I entertained the conversation because I was amused by it. And she was really cute. Okay. Okay. I understand. So what was, what uh, mind blowing points was she using? Well, she's like, you, you seem like you have good values and you have a good head on your shoulder. I'm like, yeah, I also am hyper selfish and want to live for me and potentially live for my partner. Like, but I don't know those kids. I I don't know if I want to, I'm definitely not down to make sacrifices. Like, career-wise, life-wise. These are all things you need to know. Right. I don't know those kids, you said. I don't know those kids. Like, I could fucking <laughs> shit out a jerk. I could shit out an absolute asshole. And I'm going to make fucking sacrifices for this complete piece of shit that I fucking came out of my <laughs> balls? Fuck that. Fuck that. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, you can be a good human. Just because you're a good human doesn't mean you should have kids or that you would be a good parent. Right, and holy fuck... You might be a better human for not having kids. Ever thought about that, everybody? (laughs) Right. I 100% know I would probably be resentful and kind of shitty if I had to give up my dreams and my hopes to provide for a child. Because if you're being a responsible parent, you got to make sacrifices to provide for that kid. If I was like Kylie Jenner rich, yeah, I'd have a kid for fun. Like, ooh, like I'll play dress up while I do my my side businesses and everything's you know already taken care of for me because I was born into this and this is how things run. Exactly. So. If I was well to do, if I wouldn't have to make financial sacrifices to have a kid, yeah, I would probably be much more down. But being a freelancer who fucking is constantly on the hustle, who likes late nights and likes to travel 
a lot. Yeah, kids don't fit into that lifestyle. Exactly. Like, I'm not willing to... I am looking for a woman who will complement my lifestyle, not someone who's going to tie me down to a lifestyle that I'm going to fucking be miserable for. Because I'm, you know, if I were put in that situation, I would try to be, you know, a responsible human being and not just be like, eh, hey, nut fruit, have a good life. Yeah, I know I, I, I shot you out of my balls, but sucks to be you. You know, I feel like a lot of parents really do have to run into that moment. Like, you know, good luck, kid. Well, a lot of parents have no business being parents. A lot of parents are merely parents because their parents pressured them because their parents pressured them. Because a hundred years ago, you need to fucking pump out kids because you needed them to survive. You needed them to help with fucking manual labor. You needed them to fucking provide heat at night because there's no central heating or air. And you'd freeze to death if you didn't have 10 kids fucking providing body heat. That's crazy. Didn't think of all that. I'm really excited that my parents know that I'm probably never going to have kids. They absolutely adore my cat. Um, love Lucy to death. Lucifer is her full name. Um, yeah. So someone else, one of my dad's friends tried bringing kids up to me and me and my dad just looked at each other like, okay. And uh, he, he just looked at his friend and he laughed. He, he goes, she doesn't exactly have a maternal instinct. <laughs> and you never know that may change one day, but right here, right now, like don't fucking pump a kid out because society tells you you should yeah no there's not really like i mean your body has an expiration date yeah biologically but like it's not like there's a life manual date of what exact age you're supposed to have your kids by so many people got wrapped up in uh, that well i'm sure coming from northern indiana you definitely know some people who had kids at like late teens early 20s oh yeah yeah 100 percent um yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's there's lots and cute babies and you know and do you follow up with any of those people are they happier for it uh i have some friends that have kids that i've like kept in touch with not not a whole bunch my age that were like in my grade group um but i do have friends with kids and you know it's fun to get to hear uh funny stories of parenting from parents who like parenting, you know, cause they crack the fuck up over it and make it even funnier for you. And yeah, so I think that's why uh, I said I would have liked to be an aunt. Cause I do like, you know, the energy of a younger. Oh, yeah, no. I'm right there with you. I'm like, I'm a rad uncle. I just fucking hand my niece back to my sister whenever shit like, like okay, this is a like actual parenting issue. You deal with my niece. That's cool. I'll, I'll bring presents and be like, hi, I'm here to visit. Uh, 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 having issues with this one. <laughs> right, like, don't know what to do now. Ah. Oh, man. Yeah. Not anytime soon for me, at least. And I've been saying that for years that I don't want kids. Like, it may change. We all have, You're you so know. elderly. So many years of that same statement. Like, oh, since the beginning of time. You old old broad, you. I know I'm a baby, but also at the same time, I don't feel like a baby because there's like baby babies compared to me. And then I don't know. I just, I don't know. You don't have to tell me. I'm in my late 30s and I still fuck around with people in their 20s. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. It's like, we've just had such different life experiences growing up. (laughs) Isn't that wild? It is. 
Especially when our genitals still match. When the genitals still match. What do you mean match? You know, the, the penetration, you know, sex. Oh, match, as in like bump and uglies. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we've had <laughs> such different life experiences. I'm still inside you. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, I miss just having like random strange sex. I mean, <laughs> and you know, like not planned se- sex. I miss like. You can't do that in the quarantine, woman. You cannot do that. I know, but I miss it. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm... We'll get back to that point at some point. You will get your strange. I need my strange. I need to go out to a dive bar, have a good time, find someone who makes me laugh a lot, and dick them down. Well, uh, when things, you know, get back to normal in Vegas, go to the fucking Double Down. The Double Down's an amazing dive bar. I have actually been there. Yes, yes, it is crazy cool. Uh, let's see. Well, I don't. I have no clue what part of town you are, and I'm not trying to dox you on air, so um, i trying to think of other fun dive bars in it. In Vegas. Dive bar on the east side is good times. My friend Angie runs that shit. I've seen um, something called dive bar, and I got curious. Yep, it's on the east side. Uh, dive bar is good times. It, um, I used to hit the Bounty Hunter, which was in... There's one of them in Summerlin that I used to hit fairly often. And there are... Oh, why, the Champagne Lounge on Eastern is a good time. Oh, that does look really fucking cool. That's a fun... It's a fun dive bar. Um, is that one with like live music and has like the old school looking booths inside it? Exactly. Exactly. I've been wanting to go there. The champagne room. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. Yeah, that's a good spot. That is a good dive bar spot in Vegas. As I said, yeah. all, my time in Vegas was not all bad times, but it was, I like LA a lot more. You said the champagne bar? This is like the champagne lounge. Oh, champagne lounge. Okay. LA hasn't grown on me yet. The times I've been there. Were you in the valley or you went like actually in LA? I was in the valley. Yeah, see, that's why. Need someone to show you around actual LA. Is that an offer? If you're asking, sure. Yay, thank you. <laughs> As I force myself to hang out with you. Yay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I will show you around Hollywood. I will show you around amazing dive bars and crazy cocktail bars. Like, because that's that's my dichotomy. Like, I either go to horrible dives or or fancy cocktail bars. That those are the only things I do. Okay, I'm down for that LA. I have not seen that LA whatsoever. I've only stayed in the valley. Deep in the valley. Um, where was I before? Woodland is Woodland Hills something? Yes, that's a, definitely a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Um, I don't know where else. I know I stayed in Woodland Hills a few times. Uh, yeah, the valley. Yeah, the valley. But yes. Come to L.A. When the pandemic's over, I will show you around town. Take it around town. Yeah. I cannot promise you period sex, but I'll at least show you some cocktails. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. But Just in of- case, I'll plan it during my period, though. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What have I gotten myself into? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Exactly. Spencer, it is about that time, though. We're going to call last call on this motherfucker. Last call. All right. You know what? I'm going to grab some actual drinks besides my water and dabs next time, if we get it next time. There will be a next time, for sure. When the pandemic's over, you can come do this in person in L.A., like how I normally do this. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'd love that. I really would. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, I don't do remote shows. Like, normally, this is in person or nothing. Okay. All right. Wow. This is... um 
interesting because I didn't really start getting a whole lot of interviews till people started doing these remote ones. So these are all I've really done. Oh, but seriously, his last call. Where can they find the OnlyFans, the socials, all that fun shit? Where, where can they beat their meat to you, woman? You can find me at Twitter at Spencer Bradley X, and that's all one word. You can find me at Spencer Bradley Official on Instagram. You can also find me on Reddit. Um, just go look up the Spencer Bradley Reddit. Uh, someone Do you have your it. own fucking subreddit? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a fucking first baller. <laughs> Thank you. And anyone who likes this, if you have more questions for me, I, uh, the person who runs that page pinned my AMA, so you can just like go ask your question there. Hell yeah. And if you have questions for Spencer next time around, because we will have her on again, be sure to holler at me. What's the OnlyFans and all that fun shit, too? Ooh, yes. So I have a free OnlyFans, and that is Spencer Bradley XXX, all one word. That one will refer you to my paid one, which is Miss underscore Spencer. Um, but yeah, there's the free one is Spencer Bradley XXX. Uh, check me out, you know, get a little preview, see if you like what I do. See and if you like the goods. Yeah. Yeah. But hop on my free OnlyFans and get a preview. It's a solid plan. And as always. You can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter, And Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Hey.